0: homicide energy drink is what panera should call their lemonade that kills people I, I hope no one else is doing a bit but i'm doing a bit
1: daddy's got a pod
2: i'm casey Kasem, and this one's for the perverts join us in our strange
1: ritual <laughs> that is time traveling love smut i
2: can only say horny in one season
1: opener
3: a medium amount of fun and an extra large amount of sweaty
1: from the minds that brought you giraffe and amerisor
3: no regrets no masters i got dick jokes to make man leave me alone this is good this is good for anyone this one's gonna be weird i'm very interested to see where this goes
1: hello and welcome to debate this the show where no one is right but someone is definitely wrong in this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and workplace comedies that hold up a horribly accurate mirror up to our own IRL jobs and lives. Ugh. Do we have to yeah. talk about that, though? We do. feels bad. Yeah, and I don't today's look—we're gonna talk about a comedy show today, but it's gonna feel bad, and it's Ugh. not gonna feel bad because the material's bad. It's gonna be—it's gonna feel bad because. Because you say and say I work here. in tech. <laughs> because you and I work in tech. And, and as we all know, the real enemy the, that we made along the way is capitalism. Um, oh, yeah,
0: it is. Yeah. i I'm cheating a little bit. This feels a lot like when uh, Office Space came out and everyone mm-hmm. in that field was like, yeah, yeah that's not a comedy. That's yeah. That's my life that's well, what it is spoiler
1: there's reason for that oh i, I know,
3: I know <laughs> you know that we've
2: all had our supervisor <laughs> yeah. lean on our cubicle and say yeah i'm gonna need you to come in on saturday i yeah. work an
3: entirely online job and have had my manager lean on my cubicle recently so i get it man
2: <laughs> the the i'm gonna need that tps report is the version of millennials being asked to turn things into a pdf which is yeah. a real thing I've had done it, by a former supervisor. Is.
1: I'm, we're going to talk about office space and, and how it did for 90s and 2000s as what we're talking about today it did for the current era. But let me let me uh, quickly just note. So this is again, this is going to start out on a bummer, but just kind of stay with me here. So the 2020s and most notably the pandemic obviously changed a lot about society as it as it will as it is today. But I, I do think after the dust settles a little bit more, history books are going to show that some of the most indirect effects are related to how the pandemic dethroned the tech industry in a, in a specific way. You know, And like we all remember, this was not very long ago, but you know following the rise of Silicon Valley empires like Google, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, you know and that in the late 2000s, as we were getting out of college and social media is coming, yada, 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 Tech companies, specifically those operating in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is you know con- constitutes San Francisco, San Jose, Oakland, they be- these tech companies became synonymous with all of the silly things that we think about today, office kegerators, arcade machines, nap pods, you know all the having like dry cleaning and shit and and a live chef team you know on site at all times. And all these all these wacky things that were all really designed just to attract talent. It seemed like these companies for a long time were operating on quite literally monopoly money, that there was no, there was no you know, idea. They were just throwing money at whatever. And that there was no rate at which these venture capital firms would quit throwing monies at companies like Uber, who famously was never once profitable, never had a profitable quarter until Q2 of 2023 that's
2: way more common than people probably yeah. realize like oh, yeah again yeah. your point stands that it's wild yeah. to think about but I mean Netflix mm-hmm. is the same way I mean Netflix is the same there, way. there, there are so, yeah there are so many companies that go years before they actually yeah. like make profit
1: I mean Facebook really ch- kind of changed the idea of like users over revenue right mm-hmm. and and this this is a this is a, a direct result of that. Um, of that culture
0: the other thing i'll the other change it had, and it feels like it was the pandemic because it happened mid-pandemic was um the federal interest rate went up uh, in 2021 and that that slammed the door on the the monopoly money printing scheme all these companies had of like could get loans that paid let like The federal interest rate was lower than the money they could make by taking
1: out endless loans Mm -hmm.
0: forever and ever.
1: And the the money well dried up. And you might be wondering, why are we talking about bummers? And why are we talking about the current (laughs) state of the economy? Well, I I talk about it because, and and Kyle already (laughs) mentioned it, but, you know, in office space, Mike Judge, director and creator, uh, Mike Judge, perfectly encapsulates the prison of mundanity of the late '90s era office, from its middle managers to its endless paperwork and TPS reports to jeans on Friday, yeah. um, that the fluorescent bl- blighted hellscape is burned in the memories of anyone who has tangentially been in a similar environment. Right. So, fifteen years, la- fifteen years later, gosh dang it, he does it again, but with this time, with the utopian adult playgrounds of the tech giants. The fancy coffee machines, the bike paths, and the unchecked hubris of rich white men who've never once been told no in a day in their lives. You know, it...
2: this podcast is meant to be
1: funny. It's yeah, not we're funny. Meant yet. To have, <laughs> we're meant to have a so, good time.
0: Yeah. So are both of the the Mike Judge creations we're <laughs> yeah. talking about, Todd. Uh.
1: <laughs> really, anything Mike Judge has created that doesn't ri- that isn't King of the Hill. <laughs> So today's episode, if you haven't already guessed, today's episode is about HBO's Silicon Valley and Max's uh,
2: Silicon Valley. Uh,
1: HBO's HBO HBO goes Silicon Valley. <laughs> um, and this episode was commissioned by hashtag Butthump Nation member and patron Deb. Uh, so thank you, Deb. If you'd like to commission your own episode of Flavor Text, please visit our Patreon site at Patreon.com/slash DebateThisCast. To help me kick off this round of Series A funding, I'm going to need to bring in my crack team of engineers. Kyle, making the world a better place through Paxis algorithms for consensus protocols, Harper. Matt, making the world a better place through scalable, fault-tolerant distributed databases with asset transactions, Cole. And Todd, making the world a better place through canonical data models to communicate between airports, Thomas.
2: That's nothing. That's nope. gobbledygook.
1: It's gobbledygook.
3: I do really like the phrase fault tolerant that is very good <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it's it's really good writing um guys what do you know about silicon valley both the real the very real place and also the the hbo max show
0: um the very real place uh a hive of scum and villainy you will never find <laughs> find yeah. the likes of uh, on another planet um the show um launched launched the career career of kumail nanjiani yeah. Um, and tried to launch the career of, uh, Thomas Middleditch and yeah, he's doing okay. He uh, does a lot of like voice acting and stuff. He's doing yeah. fine. Not yeah. quite the, the launch that Camille no. Nanjiani has. He's, he, but... he's, he's
1: not a Marvel hero. That's for he's sure. He's not a, he's not
2: yeah. a sex symbol. No.
1: <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. I do watch Thomas Middleditch on Twitch a lot. He's fun to watch on Twitch.
3: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Does, okay. Real question. Does, mm-hmm. is his channel the Shut Thomas up. Middleditch? Shut up.
1: It's not. It should be, but it, it should be.
3: That's yeah. a missed branding opportunity
1: um, right there. Yeah. What do you guys know about the show or the place?
3: <laughs> um, about the real place, it is um just the land where everybody who sells out lives and then other people mm-hmm. who wish to sell out, that's where they go. Um, no, about the show, I never watched Silicon Valley. It is in a similar category to me as like Rick and Morty where so many people told me I'd love it, that I decided I'd never watch it. and I feel that. I think that from the couple of episodes, or from the couple little clips that we watched beforehand, which is literally as much of Silicon Valley as I've ever seen, like, I get it. I get why I think it would probably be funny. Um, Also, I know it came out a long time ago, and I'm sure it's fucking aged like hot milk,
1: dude. So It's not that bad. Oh well, that's uh, good. It's hmm. it's definitely aged, but it's not aged as bad as you would think. That's something with its plot synopsis would have. Yeah, I'm glad. Plot synopsis I... and and cast. Yeah.
3: Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I super hate T J Miller, and I'm gonna yeah. have mm-hmm. a, like I'm gonna try really hard not to spend this whole podcast being like, yeah, but it's T J Miller. Um,
0: but man, it, that guy
3: sucks. There's
1: a there's a lot of T J Miller in this show. There mm-hmm. sure
0: is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from. From my understanding of it, though, it it's T J Miller, and the joke is that he is T J Miller. It's um, T J Miller, but
1: he's also he's also written like all his jokes are very written for him. Yeah. So like he's not as he's not as like un- intolerable as he is in, in some of his other projects. They,
0: they all hate T J Miller Correct. as much mm-hmm. as much as you do. Yeah. Um, is yeah. a lot is a good number of the jokes. Yeah.
2: What about you, Todd? Yeah, same. Um, same and same. Um, same, same. Same and same and same CJ Miller. Yeah. Uh, the The point <laughs> that I would reference is I think we all had collectively seen the same clip of Silicon Valley that everyone had seen, which is the mathematic equation for jerking off an entire auditorium, yeah. um, which is fantastic. Incredible um, writing. <laughs> a masterpiece. Yeah, class. and I, I'll also go on record to say, Matt, I don't know if you'd like Rick and Morty. Um, it's it is. It has its very fun moments, but it's also very insufferable due to the fan base. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's one of those things that if you found it by yourself and watched it by yourself, you'd be like, "Huh."
0: Yeah.
3: It's
2: kind of funny, but as soon as you find out anyone else likes it and who those people are and how they act in society, you're like, mm, yeah. "That ruins it for me."
0: I l- I enjoy Rick and Morty by watching the season about six months after it airs and not talking to anyone about it.
2: hundred yeah. percent. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. The fact that people would like wear things that say I'm pickle rick, that's yeah, you're
1: you're nope. good. That is how Ooh. I it's the same way how I <laughs> intook entourage in high school. Never talked about it to a single soul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well that's different though. <laughs> anyway, is it- um eh. so uh so this show this show uh has a special place in my heart. Um I started it, so it came out in 2014. Um, when this show came out, this happened to be when I lived in San Francisco. No, granted, I didn't live in the Palo Alto, Sunnyvale, you know, the valley area, but I lived close enough to it. I lived in San Francisco at the height of this particular like app boom where, you know, they there's a couple jokes in here where like, every Lyft driver is like pitching you on an app. And it's like, the joke is like, (laughs) you know, constantly they're, they're hearing stuff like, well, wouldn't you like this a thing that like, wouldn't it? It's like this, but this, right? Like I lived in San Francisco. That was very much a thing. Like half of my Uber drivers. Like I once had an Uber driver who was also happened to be the guy that made Mario's time machine. And like, yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, And like, it was just, it was just a thing. Like everybody had an app Everybody was was in this in this space or like center, you know. Somehow, like kind of around this space. My wife worked at a, a number of startups, and then I worked in tech. And then I got a job in tech when I moved back here to in Ohio. So th- when when I was watching this, it was very much like I we Jess and I were watching this like as it came on. Like we watched like when the seasons would come out, and it was just like oh 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 god, this is just <laughs> a mirror. Like this just it's it's so relevant. And and I do and I I did a I didn't you know I didn't go and rewatch the entire show but I um I did a rewatch of just like the bookend episodes and that's why I said Matt I I think it holds up better than I expected it to with a lot of the jokes like a lot of the jokes are you know it's a lot of like they it's a lot of like casual racism and sexism but in a way that is like again making fun of itself kind of always sunny style where like it's the kind of comedy that really is like timeless where where
0: you, you have to accept that the characters telling the jokes are all supposed to be awful people yeah um you are not yeah. supposed mm-hmm. to emulate any of these characters
1: no 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 one no one is a hero no one uh no one gets their happy ending quite literally ever so let's uh, let's jump in uh, before we talk about Silicon Valley. I do want to talk a little bit about Mike Judge, a man that I don't think anyone is a stranger to. But you know, just get a little of the background here, um, man. When you talk about like a guy who has who is both somehow not problematic, but also has just like the series of hits that he has had. I mean, this guy is a this guy is a now I, now that's what I call music of like tv shows and movies like he really its a little hard to believe every, everything
0: he's done he's yeah. perfectly had his finger on the pulse of yeah. um it's insane yeah. that he, he's like satirized the different things he has so yeah. well
1: he he has an, an incredible track record so silicon valley so anyone who doesn't know silicon valley creator and executive producer mike judge um, so he was the one that created it. The Silicon Valley was his fourth series, and after he, and you know fourth series after like a number of movies as well. Mike Judge was born in October 1962 in uh, Guayaquil, I think, Guayaquil, Ecuador, um, and he was actually raised in Albu- Albuquerque, New Mexico, starting at age three. Um, he graduated I think it
0: would be from Gaia, like
3: like yeah Guayaquil like
1: yeah. I, yeah. I didn't tra- I didn't practice that one. Well, they uh, called
3: he- Albuquerque the Gaia Kill of New Mexico.
1: So. That's that's I've heard that. Mm. Um so he graduated from UC San Diego in 1985 and then uh, held a couple of random jobs in like physics and mechanical engineering until he eventually took a job with a company called Parallax Graphics, which is the most 80s ass 80s tech company name you could think of. <clears throat> yeah. This was a uh, startup video card company operating out of Santa Clara, which is like a little bit northeast of San Jose. And this parallax is
2: also a major villain of everyone's favorite superhero, Green Lantern.
1: Yeah, thank thank you, Todd. Sure.
2: <laughs> That's for someone.
0: It's yep. that big cloud one. Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not
2: Galactus from 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 Fantastic Four either.
1: Uh, Mike Judge, quick Parallax, about three months into being there, into starting. And this would awesome. officially conclude Mike Judge's entire commercial like office career. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Great. Um, what a legend! And, what a legend! Uh, and he cites the quote is, uh, "People working there were quote like Stepford wives. They were true believers in something, although I don't know what it was." <laughs> End quote. Awesome. Now, now this, and again, two and a half month experience would ultimately inspire his 1999 film Office Space. And of course, Silicon Valley. Fourteen years, fifteen years later. Um, and so, what what is Silicon Valley if not if not
0: office space for the 2010s? Obama era? Obama yeah. era office space. Yep. Yeah.
1: So throughout the next couple years, Mike Judge played bass in a touring blues band. Um, while he was doing that, what? he was just kind of yeah, he was just kind of roaming around the country. He was uh, he was just kind of dicking around, creating short animated films. Um, one of his first series were called Milton. And if anybody knows that would ultimately, that's the the character played by Steven Root in Office Space. Oh, the, uh, huh. a, 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 interesting. uh, my swing line stapler. So, wow, okay. Yeah, so Office Space started as a series of shorts. And these were actually purchased by Comedy Central. So this was his first big hit. Uh, huh. Well, first it's really kind of like thing that he did.
2: It's really fun to think of Office Space being built from the Milton up. Right. That's yeah. right. pretty great. That is
1: great. Yeah. That's I mean, interesting. that's, that's oh. often how these things happen. Is you have like mm-hmm. a funny character, and you just kind of build the situation around it. But, I mean, yeah. we'll
0: we'll get to it. That's how King of the Hill
1: spun yeah. off of a character, Beavis and Beavis ButtHead and character.
0: Budhead. Yeah, yeah. Ted Lasso so, spun
3: off of an ESPN a commercial. commercial. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so so no, did so the
3: first Space
1: Jam. <laughs> interesting, you interesting you noted Beavis and ButtHead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting, you noted Beavis and ButtHead. Uh, Judge created after Milton. He created another short film called Frog Baseball, yeah, which which is what birthed oh. the characters Beavis and ButtHead. Man, um, I this wild. is
2: this is like a timestamp. Um, I mean, I was a kid when Beavis yeah. and ButtHead was on, and yeah, like
1: yeah. loved Beavis yeah. and ButtHead. My dad watched used to, it. and I used
2: to watch it together all the time. Great show. I had I had the Beavis and ButtHead trading cards. Um, (laughs) Like just It was the The, show The Beavis and Butthead
0: Pogs Yeah the Beavis and Butthead (laughs) Pogs
2: Well we had a Pog maker And so we'd make our own Oh Um, sure But What a like A specific nostalgic moment Where This was definitely On the list of shows We were not supposed to be Watching as kids Yeah But we would turn on anyway And like as long as Like my mom didn't walk by While we were watching it Then we got away with it
1: Yeah I feel like For somehow Beavis and Butthead Became the like you can't have your kids watch this. And then South Park right. came out and then that was the like, that was the devil.
2: Well, the, the through line was like, it was first Beavis and Butthead and then it was Ren and Stimpy. Like yeah. they were, there were sides of the same coin of like, that's going to poison your kid's brains. It's like, no,
1: because
2: yeah. it's not, it's not Ren and Stimpy. It's, uh it's Rocco's Modern Life that had a sex phone line. Like that's the one you should have been watching out. For. Um, I
1: mean, Ren and Stimpy had that scene where he was like sawing the, that log where it was like, it was between his legs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. yeah i mean there there's some pretty classic scenes I'm pretty way, sure but... was it was it powdered toast man that Powder had nipples man. that
2: would lauch on latch onto your eyes that you could see yeah, the future yeah man sure did
1: mm.
3: what an incredible sentence <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, unfortunately we're not talking about Ren and Simpy today but uh, so following the success of Beeves and Butthead that ran for a number of years on, on MTV as we all know uh, Mike Judge teamed up with then Simpsons writer Greg Daniels who many will remember as, as co-creator of The Office and they created King of the Hill an animated sitcom featuring a suburban family in Dallas, Texas. This would air alongside The Simpsons on Sundays on Fox until it ended in 2009 so about 13-14 f- years. had a uh,
0: had an incredible Hell a incredible run. run. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, arguably his, his most, uh, his biggest hit. Um, so at the height of King of the Hill's success, Mike Judge sold the full movie of Office Space, which, of course, pulled from those Milton shorts. Um, and, and many know that movie didn't do well initially in its original release, but only a few laters would become a cult hit and, of course, staple of any college-aged millennial's DVD catalog, including, mm-hmm. I assume, all four of us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. i'm
2: not sure if i actually you know what we had it at some point my sister had it or i had it it it.
1: i do
0: not i do not own a copy of office space but um, I've seen it it enough yeah it's
2: always like one degree away from a dvd of office space i could
0: i could get it tonight if i had to uh
1: so uh mike judge wrote and directed two live action movies after following off the space one in 2006 called idiocracy starring Lude wilson and maya rudolph and then another in 2009 called extract starring jason bateman and mila kunis both of which were again considered to be like pretty pretty uh, cult hit live action comedies Uh, in 2010 he created a new animated series for abc called the good family but that was canceled after its first season and then uh Finally, in 2013, Judge teamed up with two ex-executive producers from King of the Hill to create Silicon Valley, which is, of course, a live-action series highlighting the cult-like absurdity of the tech hub in the Bay Area. So the pilot uh, to Silicon Valley was shot in Palo Alto in March of 2013 and then was picked up by HBO in May of that same year. So pretty quick. Um, And HBO, like, immediately greenlit uh, the series. This thing, this thing, like... Again, they had a they had a a a record breaking cre- co- creator on this name. Like this thing was there was never a question if Silicon Valley was going to be bought for another season.
0: Yeah, um, like of <clears throat> of the things you listed, I think Extract and The Good Family were his yeah. only two <clears throat> middling efforts. Middling, like efforts. not even bad. Yeah, just right. yeah, didn't find their audience. Like
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, created by Mike Judge is a, is a, mm-hmm. has a, holds a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, so, episode one of Silicon Valley aired on April 6, 2014. So, one year later, it was immediate hit. You know, it came out at exactly the right time. Um, the show, in its first year, earned Emmy nominations for Best Director, Best Writing for the season one finale, and Best Comedy Series. Never won an Emmy, but was nominated almost every year. Hmm. Uh, the show ran for six whole years and maintained pretty high marks on all of the all of the sites, Rotten Tomatoes, et cetera, et cetera, until it concluded in December of 2019 um, with a series finale that works kind of like the Parks and Rec finale, and then it's a documentary shot ten years later, so we get a little oh. bit of like, a where are they now kind of thing.
3: That's <laughs> cool. I've never seen the Parks and Rec finale, but that's fun.
1: Oh, well, spoiler alert! <laughs> uh, spoiler alert! the yeah. show came
3: out a bunch of or a whole bunch yeah. of years ago.
1: Since Silicon Valley's ending, Mike Judge has spearheaded revivals of both Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill, because that's the cycle that we're living in. Yeah. Uh, the former having aired its second newest season on Paramount Plus, which only Matt has, and the latter having been purchased by Hulu in January of 2023, yet that one's still a little up in the air, so we don't know if King of the Hill is actually happening or not, but it's been purchased.
0: I As just hu, those Hulu reboots aren't doing so great, so I can yeah, see Hulu uh, yeah. <sighs> quietly putting that one back on the shelf.
2: I don't yeah. need I don't need a King of the Hill episode where we have to talk Dale out of going to the January 6th insurrection. <laughs>
1: like,
0: I yeah. don't I don't well, need
1: it. No, we
0: that's... I don't need I don't need Hank learning how to use an iPhone. I don't. Yeah. Need, we don't need to talk Dale out of going to the January 6th insurrection. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, right. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't need I don't need. Um whatever the 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 other fuck I boomhauer and then the fourth guy. Um the other guy. Uh, yeah, the other guy. I don't need him to deal with online dating apps like Yeah. yeah. I don't
1: Let's, need Boomhauer uh, to
2: learn Duolingo.
1: <laughs> Let's stop talking about King of the Hill and get into it. <laughs> All right. So, I had you guys watch the uh the first the opening scene of The Pilot which uh is actually takes place at a party and and fe- prominently features a character that we'll never see again. But I do feel like that that opening scene really does a good job in setting the overall scene and the like the vibe of Silicon Valley. Which again, like, these are not this is a this is kind of one notch be between kind of a notch between Seinfeld and Always Sunny in that these people are not good people. They're still the protagonists and they still like make morally positive decisions, but like you're not really rooting for them. You know, you're kind of like the 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 ca- the cadence of the show is like, "Oh, how are the how are the guys going to get out of this jam this time?" right? Like it's yeah, you know, yeah. it's one of those things like you don't root for Richard to like get the girl because you're like, "No, you probably don't. She's she's better than you, man. You suck." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also it also shows, you know, again, it does a good job of setting like the scene of Silicon Valley, which is a bunch of rich insane billionaires with more money than they know what to do with doing ridiculous things to spend that money and uh it's very funny uh it's very funny because these are cartoonish villains um because <laughs> no billionaires mm-hmm. are good billionaires that's true story ain't that the truth mm-hmm. the tagline ain't of our show so the truth yeah episode one titled minimum value val- minimum viable product introduces us to our main cast of characters we've got so as we always do or as we usually do there is an imager folder Um, you can click that in the in the show notes and then we've got just some kind of promo images of some of these main characters as far and as well as just a couple gags that uh, visual gags throughout the series so image one uh, we've got our series protagonist richard Hendricks, who is a meek hoodie clad developer working a mid-level coding job at hooli h-o-o-l-i the valley's most successful and very fictional tech giant giant that is definitely absolutely not google um cool. richard is being is played by thomas Middleditch or thomas middle twitch as i love that earlier, <laughs> yeah thomas middle twitch so uh richard is your stereotypical again he's your hoodie hoodie billionaire uh or hoodie coder he is you know your series insert for like a jack dorsey twitter guy you know yep. um where he's his whole thing he's very idyllic um his whole his whole kind of arc is like he's the one that owns this company and he's he's goddamn he's going to do it the right way. Spoiler he's is, not going to do it the our, right way.
0: Is he our <laughs> character insert or our viewer insert or is he Um
1: I would say that there isn't necessarily a viewer okay. insert the because th- again this is like an always sunny everybody is absurd sure sure in their sure. own weird kind of fucked up way um, so Richard's best friend Nelson Bighead Bigetti. This is uh, image two. A lovable if not clueless developer who lives with and works alongside Richard at Hooli. uh Bighead is played by Josh Brenner. Bighead, hey, he's a, just a sweet kid. This guy's <laughs> in
3: Mythic Quest. He's in a. Yes. He has a cameo part in Mythic Quest. <laughs> he is. Yeah. yeah.
1: He plays. Uh, he plays the young version of the writer. Right. Yeah.
2: Young C W. Yeah. I was going to ask where where else this guy is.
3: That's um, the only they, other place I know.
1: Hmm. big heads big heads whole bit is that he fails up um so while nice. like Good. while while richard is constantly like fighting and fighting and just like constantly shown all these obstacles um big big head just kind of like land is always just kind of lucks out um he just kind of floats through life completely clueless uh he's always shown with a big ass big gulp <laughs> just, <laughs> it's very funny he's he's a sweet kid um so Richard uh, lives in the shared house in Palo Alto with other tech mogul wannabes at a startup incubator. And I'm using very heavy er- uh, air quotes there. The startup incubator is owned by one Ehrlich Bachman, who is played by the famously problematic T.J. Miller. This a, a shitty name. Yeah.
3: Incredibly problematic. Yeah. Like, yeah. One of the worst people in yeah. Hollywood.
1: So let's we'll let's just quickly let's let's get it out now. Let's get out the TJ Miller shit now. So TJ Miller was um much like he was kicked out of all of Hollywood. He was kicked off this show uh beginning in season 5. Um TJ it is it is very unclear who left who because in interviews TJ Miller says that he left, but in interviews Mike but with interviews with the with crew Mike Judge says that basically like dude was on a thousand different drugs most when they were shooting and like even like when they would take breaks like people would have to wake him up just to like Jesus. keep to keep shooting and like good there Lord. were days where they couldn't even shoot because he was so high and so fucked up so wow. who knows what actually happened but um i think and this is what's hard because i think the character Ehrlich bachman is funny and has like a lot of good bits I think they wrote this character really well and like it's Todd I think or Kyle I think mentioned earlier but like you're supposed to hate him so like it's fine yeah and and TJ Miller is very hateable so like fine. super hateable yeah it's just it's Mm -hmm.
0: just it's that that real life thing of like you're supposed to hate the character the actor is playing yeah surprise it turns out the actor isn't doing all that much acting Uh, yeah right right yeah
1: so the deal with Ehrlich Bachman is, like I said, he owns this startup incubator. He is the he is the like the guy who sold. So you know this is very much <laughs> a thing in this culture, right? Like the whole point of, of having a startup is to eventually sell. Ehrlich Bachman had a startup. It's the name is Aviato. Um, it that is how he says it. That's the joke. Is that Aviato? Um, he says it very like dramatically. It is never once descri- described what Aviato is or was. Or sure. Or who it was okay. sold to. or It just exists as his van, as his painted van. Great. Uh, and so he got like a small fortune from that. Uh, but so he owns this house and his whole deal is he owns 10% of like the agreement is he owns 10% of anything any of these guys create at his house. So all of the main characters live at this house. So Big Head, Richard, and then these other two guys, which we've got Dinesh Chugtai um, which is of course Camille Nanjiani and Bertram Gilfoyle, aka Gilfoyle, who is played by Martin Starr. Two hey, Martin Starr. Fa- yeah, Star. yeah, yeah. Um Lo- love to
0: see Martin Starr yeah. show up and I, things.
1: Man, I'm a big Martin Starr fan. Um he you know, he comes to us all the way back from Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Um he was yeah. on Party Down, he was excellent in Party Down. Famously
2: now the principal and Spider Man
1: movies. Principal yep. in the Spider Man movies. Yeah, so we've got two MCU ties here, probably more. I'm sure Matt's looking for more. <laughs> I haven't started looking, but I'm sure yeah. that I can find them. So, uh, Dinesh and Gilfoyle, these are, are like their you know main two like uh, main two supporting characters. These two are Richard's right and left ha- left hands. Um, they're both uh, they're both you know other coders, but they do different things. So, Dinesh is more of like a front end co- engineer. Um, Gilfoyle is all back-end. He's more like servers and networks and things like that. And their whole thing is like they just they're just constantly at each other the whole time. And, like, that's the bit. um from
0: what I've seen, Gilfoyle is the um just the unbearable dev that you
1: he's, have met. They're who... both unbearable. Gilfoyle is a nihilist, and Dinesh is an egoist. So Dinesh gotcha, is gotcha. Dinesh is one thousand percent all about him and his own self-image. Gilfoyle is about he's just pure chaos. He's nothing matters. He's pure nihilism, okay, um, ok. he's also a Satanist, which is fun because I think this was a time when we didn't really know what Satanism was. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 so like I said Richard along with the other guys at this incubator they toil away at their soulless day jobs to fund the living accommodations necessary so that they can focus on their own personal projects so they all have their own thing big head has like a nipple finder like it's like basically <laughs> like you can find exactly like they have really dumb things that they make a joke about in pilot one but the really main the main focus here is Richard's uh, pet project and it is an application that he calls Pied Piper. And the whole point of Pied Piper is it's a it's an app software intended for um, musicians to kind of like go on this site and upload their their own music to match against a database to see if they have any possible copyright infringement. So and and the 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 bit is like it's it sucks, it's garbage. nobody wants like nobody's ever gonna nobody gives a shit about Pied Piper. Um, but Richard, you know, decides to take the opportunity to cold pitch a venture, a venture capital icon and autistic billionaire, Peter Gregory, played by the late Christopher Evan Welch. Um, so that's Peter Gregory in Image 6. Uh, Peter Gregory is a very now unfortunate characterization of Peter Thiel before it was kind of universally known that Peter Thiel was secretly funding an alt-right revolution. Whoops. Yeah. yeah me. Because again, this is 2014. This is Elon Musk in Iron Man 2 era. Right. Like yeah. that's the part of the mm-hmm. show that has not aged well is the like still kind of worshiping of these like tech giants. Um, Peter Gregory the, as a character is very funny because he's like, one, clearly autistic, but two, like he's got that like undetached billionaire personality. The, the image that I show here is of him trying to understand what Burger King is. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <no. laughs> so he like He literally has his assistant go and get One of everything at a Burger King And he's like and he's like trying to Understand it like why Why does this exist it's, it's very funny <laughs> um, Peter Gregory of course Is unimpressed being cold pitched by this Kid but his assistant Monica Hall who's played by Amanda crew um, Monica decides to take a Chance on the idyllic Richard and take A look at his app and Monica's in Image seven and Monica is the closest thing to this to a a kind of straight man character. She's your Adam Scott in Parks and Rec. She's the only person that is like actually smart and knows what she's doing, but occasion, but so people rarely listen to her.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course.
1: So while all this is going on, um, some of the programmers, that's right, programmers at Hulu, uh, get a hold of Richard's app code, um, and realize that yeah, while this this. App itself is garbage, Um, the technology fueling it is unparalleled. He's really got something here. And the whole point of this is Richard built an algorithm to compress files. Um, In order to match against a database, you would have to be able to transfer files. And what they find is the compression that he has built, the compression technology is faster, more efficient, you know, is like basically like. Techno, techno, mumbo j- mumbo jumbo. Um, what he's built is super innovative, and this is like a valuable technology that a lot of people would want to get their hands on.
0: And of course, I, Richard has no idea. I mm-hmm. understand everything about why that would be, yeah, an amazing te- technological yeah. advance. Yeah, um, right. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's again the applications are, and that's exactly like the whole point of the pilot. So. This gets all the way up to the cartoonishly tech-tech CEO of Hooli, Gavin Belson, played by Matt Ross. Now, man, Gavin Belson is something. <laughs> he, is, he is the definition of tech billionaire. Um, he's got an army of yes-men surrounding him at all times. He's constantly shown either post pre- or post-interview. Um, he's you know very into himself. Obviously, he does insane billionaire things. Like he keeps a spiritual guru on retainer. Um, he holds bike meetings. Uh, there's one scene where he brings in a live elephant just to be able to point out to the live elephant elephant in a board meeting <laughs> and th- to make a point. <laughs> That's to do the uh, like the elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah, bit. exactly. Uh, so mm-hmm. we've got we've got old Gavin Belson in image eight here.
0: Much much like the last guy was a uh, uh, Peter Thiel stand-in is this is gavin belson a stand-in for any yeah this IRL is uh, yeah this is uh, absolutely
1: um the uh larry and uh uh who are the google guys larry page and sergey brin oh, okay the, yeah, the google this is, the google guys was, yeah this, is, was this is this is this is who he is So Richard now finds himself in a bidding war slash pissing contest between billionaire rivals, Gavin Belson and now Peter Gregory, who Monica, because of Monica makes the same realization that like, oh shit, this guy has some technology on his hands. So Gavin offers Richard $10 million outright to just buy Pied Piper. And he's like, I'll give you $10. So I'll own it. And he offers, he also offers offers him a cushiony, cushiony VP role at Hooli because he already works there. While Peter Gregory offers Richard a 5% stake in Pied Piper at uh, $200,000 along with the kind of business daddy mentorship that can only come from a Silicon Valley VC uh, such as him. Right. So basically, the decision that Richard has to make is, do you want to own this company or do you want to sell the technology and and get rich? If Richard took the money, this wouldn't be a show. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. Right. But like... Obviously, the right answer is take the money. Take the money. Take the take money. The money. Why Absolutely take, take the money.
0: money. Ten, $10 million is
1: yep. $10 million. So because this is a show, uh, season one now walks us through. So that's the end of the pilot. So the rest of season one really illustrates the construction of Pied Piper as a company leading up to their first big public appearance at TechCrunch Disrupt, which is a startup competition. So this Ugh. is kind of their like, coming out kind of moment. It sucks so, so bad. Yes, it yeah, does. It's it does. does. <laughs> so I'm gonna yada yada through season one because there's again, like, kind of like when we did, um, uh, uh, uh Mystic Quest, Mythic Quest. You know, they major. The major plot beats are on the bookend episodes. There's a bunch of jokes here, and like again, if you want jokes about tech, you got them, baby. Like, there's tons of jokes here. It's a
0: for season one is a as a problem of the week
1: format, right? Problem of the week. There are also with. Also, this is an HBO show, so there aren't a ton of episodes. There's like eight episodes. Yeah. So like, you know, they have to find a logo. They have to figure out, you know, where they're going to store their servers, like that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, a couple of the major points here. So the gang realizes. So at the end of this, the end of the pilot, it's like Richard's going to run the company and everyone's joining. All his buddies are going to be part of it. Um, Except they realize that like while Big Head's a nice dude, he doesn't really bring anything to the table. He's kind of a moron. Um, because he doesn't, he he does the same. He has the same capabilities as Richard in programming, but like it's not as good as a programmer as Richard. Um, Dinesh does what Richard doesn't do, and then Gilfoyle does what they both don't do. Right, so they all kind of have their different sect- sectors. Um, so they kind of convince Richard like to get rid of Big Head because he's just kind of dead weight. So Richard fires his buddy, but no worries because Big Head is actually offered a VP position in Huli's innovation division, which is <laughs> perfect completely just a publicity stunt so gavin belson can say that he has one of the co-creative co-founders of pied piper right uh, yeah of course sure. so sure. so big head spends two seasons just like hanging out at hooli so like you'll see <laughs> you'll see episodes with him just like chilling on the roof and like you guys what do you guys do and they're like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's like me neither anyway um it's very funny uh, meanwhile, Gavin Belson's assistant who orchestrated that original offer in the pilot um, decides to leave Hooli and pursues Richard to help him attain the dream of Pied Piper. His name is Donald Dunn, but one time Gavin called him Jared and never corrected him. So Jared, <laughs> because <gasps> oh, man. the fifth member of the crew. And I think Jared is the best part of this show. Um, some may remember him as Gabe from the office. Of course we remember him as yeah. Gabe from the uh, office. Uh, um, Jared is played by Zach Woods, uh, who again famously played Gabe in The Office. Zach is just a just a special kind of guy. He's just he's the best character. Um, <laughs> Jared is so Jared is like uh, originally kind of like the business guy. Like he knows the books, he knows the accounting, he knows a lot of the like the legal stuff. But more importantly, Jared is just like the most loyal to a fault uh, with Richard. He truly believes in Richard. Where like Dinesh and Guilfoyle are just kind of in it just for the bit. Um, Jared like truly believes in whatever Richard says, despite the fact that half the time Richard doesn't believe in what he says. Um, he's, he's very sweet. Um, also Zach Woods famously like is the best improver of this group and often will improv his own lines. So Jared has this like ridiculous backstory where He was like, he was homeless for years. He was, uh, he grew up in foster homes, but like Zach Woods would just like kind of alter the story every now and every now and then. So like his backstory is very convoluted. It's, It's funny. So the season continues on yada, yada, yada. Richard is, you know, dealing with the overwhelming pressure of being a CEO um richard's whole vibe is like you know he he's, he stutters he's very like uh, uh, uh you know he's very he's very meek he's a he's a nerd he's a he's he's hollywood's depiction of a nerdy coder right yeah. so like he can't he's, handle you know he has no idea what the fuck he's doing he's way in way over his head the dude should have just taken the money and uh so Gilfoyle and dinesh you know spend their time building the infrastructure they do their thing Ehrlich is still around. Ehrlich is like the you know part of this crew, um, but he's like he originally maintains himself as like Richard Steve Steve Jobs. Like he's the face, you know. He does yeah. he does the 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 financing. He talks to the VCs and all that stuff. But really, like he fucks everything up. That's the whole bit joke of the character. Um, the only reason he's there is because he owns that ten percent because of the incubator. So uh, while this is all happening, Gavin Belson enlists a strike team of Hooli engineers to create their own version of Pied Piper that they call Nucleus, um, which is just, again, that compression algorithm. This is headed by those programmers that worked at Hooli. Uh, that's a fun bit. Hmm. So everything in Season 1 comes to a head at this TechCrunch Disrupt, um, which is an event that uh, Pied Piper and both Nucleus are going to face off against each other, among other um, app developers. Things get a little bit complicated when Ehrlich has sex with one of the judge's wives because he was trying to fix a situation in which Ehrlich had sex with one of the judge's earlier wives.
3: Oh. <laughs> I see. Okay. Sure. Jeez.
1: So sure. uh so w- something so let's talk about we'll talk a little bit about the final episode. So everyone knows about the dick joke, but there's another really interesting thing in, in these final two episodes. So as a as a way to illustrate to the audience how good this compression algorithm is. The writers and producers of Silicon Valley made up a completely ma- made a completely made up tech rating score that they called Weissman score, uh, or Weisman scale. This was a a actual fi- a legitimately like based on science fictional scale created by Stanford professor uh, T T S A C H Y. I do not know how you say that, um, Weissman. And graduates st- and a graduate student at the request of the show's producers. So they, they awesome. cite this thing as like this compression algorithm has a 2.89 Weissman <laughs> score. Totally made up. And a lot Good. of people and the and the writers will, you know, have said in interviews, like they're proud of how many people look up what things have, like what Weissman score things have. You oh, know? Awesome. Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It it has the same vibe as like um David X Cohen who made Futurama putting a bunch of like very intricate math jokes in the Simpsons and yes. then predicting like and them accidentally predicting the Higgs boson. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like that thing, like uh, nerd humor. Um so the whole thing is that the nucleus group go up first and they do their tech demo and they get a 2.89 Weissman score which is the exact same thing that Pied Piper was getting. Pied Piper's like, "Well, we're fucked because <laughs> We're not bringing anything to the table, and we can't compete with Google, right? So they're like, "Well, this is it." So the lead up to that famous scene of the of the the dick jerk uh, joke is the team is like, "We're out of this competition. Pied Piper is over. Like, we're done before we even got started." And they're sulking in their room, and as they're drinking to the death of Pied Piper, Ehrlich makes a comment that like, "What would I have to like? I would have to." effectively jerk off every single person in the audience <laughs> and then the series is like you know and Dinesh is like well and that's like at what least would, 800 people what would people. that take what yeah. would that take so it's yeah. like well that was that's at least like 800 people and it's like you'd have to jerk off you'd have to at least jerk off two guys at a time Oh, but what if you jerked off four guys at a time and they stood face to face? And then there's a bit where they're like doing the mathematical equa- equation of dick to floor ratio. So it's like <laughs> as long as they have the same D2F, it's, it's, it's such a good elaborate joke. Yeah. But they they make a bit there where it's like, OK, it, he, he says, yeah, four dicks at the same time. And they look the guy he's like he's like doing the, the full motions and he's like, yeah, middle out. And then, <laughs> while this is happening, Richard's like, "Holy shit, middle out and has like a house moment where he like runs into his side room <laughs> and is inspired to reconfigure the entire code base overnight to use a middle out compression instead of a top down compression. That means nothing, but it's the way that the files compress effectively. So Richard rewrites everything, and then they they put the series put the untested demo or tech to a test to a demo and they get a 5.2 Weissman score which is a lot of nothing (laughs) but but it's a bigger number more more
0: tech tech garbage exactly
1: so so now Pied Piper is the bell of the ball they're the hottest thing in Silicon Valley and that's where we end season one so season two begins right where it picks off Pied Piper is you know literally batting away VCs throwing funding at them um, but they're waiting for Peter Gregory's firm, uh, which is called Raviga. So mind you that Peter Gregory's kind of been in the background, except he hasn't because that actor who filmed that, who did that, that, that bit actually died of lung cancer before the show aired. Oh, um, so oh, while wow. the while the show was shooting, um, Christopher Evan Walsh um, actually died. And he only was able to do the first five episodes. So they reference him a couple times, but it's it mostly is just Monica. And uh, you know, by the time the show aired, like he had already passed. Um, so they just decided, to, like, no, we're not gonna reshoot it. We're just gonna let him, you know, we'll have that that film. Um, so they actually kill off the character of Peter Gregory at the beginning of season two. And he's replaced with a different character named Lori Bream, who I don't have an image of here. She's she's basically just a female version of Peter Gregory, but she's like tough as nails and like very like um um real like uh practical in a different in a way different from Peter Gregory. So like Peter Gregory and, and Monica have like a mentor mentee relationship. Monica and Laurie Bream like do not get along. Laurie Bream like sure There's a there's a joke at some point where Laurie Bream gets pregnant just to prove to Monica that she doesn't need to take off work to for work. <laughs> She's like, "Oh yeah, That's I induced this awful. morning." Yeah. Yeah. Um but it, she's very funny. The actress that plays her is very funny. But that's that's a it's a it's a rough caricature. So anyway, um, reviga uh, now headed by Lori Bream, offers Pied Piper the biggest deal of all the other VCs. Um, but Monica like shows up offline and is like Richard, don't take this deal. And I think this was like again, as the character who has who is the only smart person in the room, she's basically like, Richard, like you guys are accepting this like ridiculous growth trajectory. You'll never hit it. You'll oh. you'll get the money, but you'll never meet your goals, and you're gonna be bankrupt in six months, and then you're gonna lose everything. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Fuck, you're right." Um, so they they ask for less money, actually, but. It doesn't matter anyway because Gavin because it's found out that Gavin Belson is suing Pied Piper for the IP ah. on the grounds that Richard was at Hooli while he built that tech. Ah. Hmm. So the major arc in season two is this lawsuit. So Pied Piper goes from like top of the heap to the bottom of the totem, the proverbial totem pole. Um, nobody wants to touch them when they're during a you know in an impending lawsuit. So um, Gavin, you know, takes his opportunity to. Corner Richard with a lowball offer to acquire Pied Piper. He will do this a lot. Um, Instead of selling, though, Richard, and again, like Richard's whole thing is like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep my company. Richard seeks funding from the least desirable and most insane of all these insane billionaires, Russ Hanneman, a man who (laughs) has multiple cars that have doors that go like this, and I'm moving my hands upward, like in a vertical Mm -hmm. style. And made, made millions. The only way by-
3: that you would ever need to use your hands to describe a car door. <laughs> I, yeah, right. yeah.
2: I think they're called suicide doors. No, no those are
3: butterfly doors. Yeah, suicide doors no, no, are... open for. whoop jeez. Suicide open doors from open, from open backwards. This is really good oh. for an audio medium. Yeah, uh, sure is.
1: <laughs> and Russ Hanneman made millions by quote putting radio on the internet. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Russ Hanneman is is image <clears throat> ten. He's. He's something. So this is your 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 uh your Mark Cuban type, if you will.
0: Oh, okay, okay, mm, yeah.
1: Um, so he's kind of like he shows up. Um, there's a bit with him. He bought this this tequila that's called Trace Com- Commas, and his whole thing is like <laughs> Trace Commas. It's got three commas. Oh, I don't know. that's yeah. so. He's dumb. got a lot of he's got a lot of catchphrases. So uh, while this is happening, Big Head is promoted to promoted to the head of Hooli XYZ nobody knows what Hooli XYZ is and he's the best part is Big Head is featured as like an industry innovator in like Wired so there is this scene where they cut and they do a lot of good like visual gags with Big Head there's just a scene of him like kind of like dead eye empty looking at a magazine he's reading a magazine and it's the magazine with him on the front of it uh, of course really funny um Gilfoyle and Dinesh build out an entire complicated server structure in their house's garage. Um, Despite their neighbor's disapproval, this leads to, uh, you know, a couple uh, potential lawsuits with the neighbors. And then they counter with a lawsuit that some illegal ferrets living at the neighbor's house. Um, Hanneman blows a bunch (laughs) of money on, on Pipe Piper merch. You know how it is. Um, so in an in attempt, there's a, there's a bit where uh, in an attempt to promote their technology, now they're kind of you know they're going from just this compression algorithm to building more of like a like a platform essentially. So the guys partner with Homicide Energy Drink to stream, <laughs> yep, to stream an upcoming live stunt that's being performed by a guy Ehrlich knows named Blaine. Um, just Dineshik, a guy, just uh, like a driver. guy. He's a, oh, he's okay. a stunt driver um Dinesh and Guilfoyle though notice like on some footage that Blaine has miscalculated the ramp st- speed and will probably get killed by this stunt so the gang has to in one of the many times has to evaluate do we keep the company or do we do something that will save somebody's life and they build a SWOT analysis to determine whether or not they should let Blaine <laughs> die oh my god <laughs> so that's like that's 11. insane <laughs> that's that's wild. <laughs> the, the let Blaine die. Swan analysis <clears throat> is really good.
0: <laughs> um, I want to back up a little bit just to say homicide yeah. energy drink is what Panera should call their lemonade. <laughs> the yeah. <laughs> lemon yeah. yeah, that is, that's pretty good.
1: Um, so fortunately they don't have to make this decision and the stunt ends up getting canceled along with the partnership with homicide. Um, instead Richard strikes an opposing deal to stri- stream live footage of a condor's nest with the local museum. This will come oh. back later. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so it's finally time for the arbitration. During the proceedings, Huli's lawyers claim that Richard used Huli equipment to build Pied Piper. Right. That's the whole case. Richard initially maintains that, like, nope, everything was separate. And then he realizes, like, at one point, he emailed him something. He emailed himself something one time without thinking, and that is enough. And this particular scene. Haunted me for years when I would like be at work doing debate this stuff, and I was like, oh my God, if I ever make it make it big, if ever de- debate this ever makes a billion dollars, I could get sued by my gonna, current employer. We're they're fine. They're gonna own us. Yeah. We we ended up being fine. It's fine. Uh so while te- so but while all of this is happening, um Pied Piper is now live streaming this Condor Nest footage. Of course, it's the Condor Nest, nothing's really happening, nobody's watching. That is until a technician who's coming from the museum to take the camera. So, like, the nest is, like, in, like, a little ravine. Like, it's, like, a, you know, a a nature preserve type of environment. Yeah. The technician comes to, like, unhook this camera and trips and falls into the ravine and is, like, stuck there. Oh, no. (laughs) And this (laughs) camera footage is just of this man, like, help, help. (laughs) Help. it's really it's it's really fucked up but like there's an entire episode where every time they're showing this footage it's just like this poor man like <laughs> is anybody out there and it's like <laughs> him slowly coming to grips with his death while like of oh. course more and more people are watching the views are right. growing up of course so yeah. everyone's like hell yeah like they're just watching the numbers and like yeah what are we gonna do we're like help <laughs> like, yeah so i think we're gonna need to like increase the service structure here and there's a certain point where like He's like, he's like, he's becoming insane and he's like narrating what he's doing. It's like, I'm feeling real dehydrated now and I'm gonna have to pee into my water bottle. And like, Dinesh and Guilford are like, Oh shit, is he gonna piss himself? He's gonna drink his own piss. (laughs) And and they're like, Dinesh, get in here. We have to update the servers. This man's gonna drink his piss, (laughs) right? Like,
0: because that would be the, the joke being that would be the best thing. To have right. happen yeah. on yeah. this ongoing yeah.
1: stream. Right. Exactly. It goes viral in the Philippines and then gets memed. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. But all at the expense of we're letting this man die for our yeah. views. Yeah. Right? We're watching
1: this man slowly die. Um, so, so while tens of thousand people, t- tens of thousands of people watch this man come to grips with his own mortality, Richard attends the final session of the arbitration with Huli, ready for them to, like, take everything. Basically, like, this whole Condor thing is kind of like a last hurrah. And that's, you know, kind of the overplayed bit with Silicon Valley is every season it's Pied Piper's last day until it isn't, right?
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and of course, however, at the last moment, it's revealed that, well, actually, the judge found that the so Richard and Jared's employment agreements with Hooley included non compete clauses that are legal in the state of California, effectively nullifying those employment agreements and by extension, nullifying Hooley's case against them. So hey, Richard and Jared never worked at Hooley <clears throat> on a technicality, exactly. Uh, So the last scene of season two is Dinesh Guilfoyle and Jared attempting to keep Pied Piper servers alive uh, long enough to make it to the technician (laughs) drinking his own piss on live stream. (laughs) And of course, and then the guys are back on top once again. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk about the final couple of seasons of Silicon Valley. We're going to go move pretty quick, except we're going to talk about the incomparable Stephen Tobolowsky when we return. And we're back. Okay, so Seasons 3 and 4, we're going to go a lot quicker here. Um, so now with a proven technology and no impending lawsuit, Pied Piper is once again back on top, the talk of the valley. Except we now have Raviga, which Peter Gregory, now Laurie Bream's uh, VC company. Raviga owns three of the five board seats, which means, which is doesn't mean anything other than she's able to quickly oust Richard as CEO and replace her with, replace him with her own pick veteran tech giant action Jack Barker played by the one the only you know him you love him Steven Tobolowsky in image 12. What do I know him from? Everything. What do I love him? Ground,
0: from? Groundhog Day. Um, he's he's been in everything. He has been okay, well, so, a lot. So far you've said Groundhog Day and <laughs> Inter said everything twice. He's Ned Ryerson. In he's Ned Groundhog Ryerson. Day.
1: He plays uh, he shows up in Glee but at I don't I oh, want to yeah. bring. Okay. Up. Yeah, really, you bookended it with Glee. Groundhog Day and Glee. So. I didn't yeah. want to bring up Glee on this show once again. Um, I mean, <laughs> he's always like he always shows up in like random, like random pieces, right? Like he's like he's been in an episode of The Goldbergs. He's been in Grace and Frankie. He's been in. I. Got You're really idea. doing it right now. Ian. He's yeah. been. He's got been voices it. in Animaniacs. Um, okay, that's I, the best. He's it, uh, he's,
0: one ca- he's one of those. He's one of those characters. Just a character. Actors, actor, I don't know that that. Has kind of become a meme because he was Ned Ryerson in Groundhog Day, and then mm-hmm. he was—he just shows up all he was over the place. That guy, and yeah, he showed up We've, all over the like, place. Like I don't, I don't. We've,
1: that's the thing. I don't think he has like one iconic role. I mean his i his IMDb page is like known for its Thelma and Louise and Wild Hogs. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> and there's
2: the Tim Allen insert. Okay, we did it. <laughs> yeah. We can move on.
1: Yeah. He's he's
2: Todd, got three hundred entries he on IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> he just I just wanted us to mention 2008's Wild Hogs. Not, I went to get two, two degrees away from Tim Ellen. Two hundred and ninety-one
1: entries on IMDb. Right, yeah, the, man, okay. the man is a legend. Legendary
0: right. ca- legendary character actor Stephen Toblowski.
1: Tol- Toblerone. <laughs> Stephen Toblerone. <laughs>
0: Stephen Toblerone.
1: So, Gavin Belson, meanwhile, while this is happening, is is on the heels of a lost arbitration, looking pretty bad to the Hooli board. That is until one of his cronies cronies realizes that because of this employment agreement debacle where effectively 20% of Huli doesn't actually work at Hooli, he can just fire them on the spot without severance pay, Oh. which he does. Oh. Oh. They're in uh, this one scene played for, played as a bit, predicted the state of tech six years later. Yeah. yeah. Hey. um. And I like I was watching this part of my rewatch. And I was like, "Did Gavin Belson fucking invent the fifteen to twenty percent riff?"
2: <laughs> Ooh.
1: yeah. Yep. Um. Among the people let go is Big Head. Um. But Big Head fortunately gets a while he doesn't get severance, he gets a twenty million dollar non disparagement agreement. <laughs> cool. Great.
0: Notably, it should be noted, double the initial offer. Yep. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Pied Piper got from, sure. Yeah.
1: Well, he was published in Wired magazine, Kyle. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, Action Jack seems to be a perfect CEO at first, but then the cracks begin to show. Following his time in the dot-com burst, um, Jack, his whole thing is like, we gotta get, we gotta increase productivity, we gotta get sales. So, Jack hires this huge team of salespeople to drive product for a product that doesn't exist. Um, following, <laughs> which is following his patented triangles of success, which is image thirteen. And, like, and awesome yeah wow. the conjoined triangles of success and, and if you're not looking at the image i'm just going to explain it it is literally a square with a line going from the diagonal bottom left to the dag diagonally to the top right and it says engineering on the left sales on the right and there's <laughs> a line and then it says compromise in the middle this and, yeah
2: i fucking hate it yeah i hate it so much because I've been in too many presentations where this shit shows up. We've yep. yeah, we've
0: all seen we've this all been graph here. with yeah. with different X, Y values. If
2: I have to hear yeah. one more person tell me that Simon Sinek start with Y is the way to unpack something, I'm going to, people are going to catch hands. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um As somebody who works in tech, who is neither sales nor engineering, I think this hits me at a particular point because... It is very much a thing that sales and engineering are the only departments that ever get any funding and that ever any any get any focus and everyone yep. else is expendable. Correct. Um, and this just kind of this is it's gross. It's a very it's a very accurate depiction of corporate America. Yeah. So uh, Jack's other big move is to commercialize Pied Piper in the form of what he calls the box,
0: <laughs> which
1: it's <laughs> basically a cable box. <laughs> Like he basically he makes the cable box. Um, and of course Richard hates this Richard and the guys hate this. This goes against everything that they want. So Jack feverishly pursues the box and his, you know, disassociation his his attachment to the old ways leads him to make some bad calls and, and virtually bankrupts Pied Piper to which Raviga fires him and reinstates Richard as CEO. Um, while this is happening, Ehrlich cons big, he- big head into putting up his non-disparagement agreement in cash to start a new joint venture called Bachmanity. They're going to be a VC.
3: <laughs> okay. So,
1: I should explain, while all this is happening, there's another character that I haven't talked about who is only in the B-plots. Um, there's a character named Jean, uh, Jimmy O. Yang, Um is this was kind of like his breakout role. If anyone knows who Jimmy O. Yang is, he's an incredibly hilarious uh, comedian. He, um, he was in crazy rich Asian Asians. Um, Mm. but this was like his like first big kind of breakout role. Uh, Jun Yang is like, so Ehrlich's kind of like an antagonist character early on. Jun Yang is the antagonist to Ehrlich and Jun Yang is like making like shitty apps in the background through all of this is happening. Um, eventually Zhen Yang, like the joke is like when, um, when Ehrlich gets written off the show, the joke is that Zhen Yang killed him and took his identity. Awesome. (laughs) It's It's very funny. (laughs) Um, it's very funny. And he's Jimmy O. Yang is doing a, a very like cartoonishly like Chinese accent, Chinese American accent, um, because he's natively from Hong Kong, um, which is cool, but. Jimmy O. Yang, very funny guy. We're not going to talk about him again because he's irrelevant to this, but he's good. He's a good character. Anyway, um, so Richard starts dating. This is a couple side plots. Richard's dating a woman who works as a coder for Facebook, but Gilfoyle and Dinesh notice that she uses spaces instead of tabs in her code, so Richard breaks <laughs> it off. That's, um, a,
0: that's a George Costanza plot. Yeah. yeah, yeah 2020, sure 2019, if I ever heard one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so Pied Paper is now like fully a streaming platform. They're steadily seeing new daily active users, but it's just not enough. So they realize that because the, ba- the beta of the platform was just sent to engineers, like nobody understands it. Like nobody but the coders <laughs> understands it. So um, as a result, Dinesh pulls together some code and builds in like a native video chat app, which is actually like working really well and tends to be the only thing people use in this platform. However, like the numbers still aren't there. And so they're they're at the point now, they're end of, they're at the end of their Series A capital. So it's like their first major round of funding. They have to get another round of funding, which means they need to prove that they're still profitable. Um, so as a way to show that they have as many users as they need, um, Jared secretly employs a click farm in Bangladesh to like juice the numbers. Uh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. So the the moral dilemma here is like do they, you know, do they go on accept this money knowing that they've just like frauded a bunch of, you know, rich VCs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Hooli brings on Jack, ba- Jack Barker as the new head of Nucleus, which just so happens to be now a box. So Jack, actually Jack is building the box at Hooli. Um, Richard, like I said, nearly commits fraud. And at the last second, you know, tells the VC guys what he did and tanks the whole thing. Um, so now they're back to where they were in season two. Nobody wants to buy Pied Piper. They're out of money. Oh my God, we're going to go, we're going to go under Gavin offers to buy Hooli from Raviga for a paltry $1 million. And then at the last second, it's revealed that a second buyer came through for $1 million and $1 and it's Bachmanity. <laughs> Great.
0: Good. Yeah. Excellent.
1: So, um, yeah.
0: Do you mean by Pied Piper?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? hmm Oh, by, you, that's what you said. Yeah, I said yeah, the yeah. wrong thing yeah, back sure, when you sure, were talking. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dumb names here. Yeah, thank you for for correcting. Yeah. So so now uh, Ehrlich and Big Head and Big Head's dad own Pied Piper. <laughs> Great. Excellent. So now with season four. Pied Piper has pivoted fully to this video chat that Dinesh created called Piper Chat, which is where we start to see how shitty of a person Richard is. Because Richard, like, is such an egotist that, like, he can't handle leading something that he didn't create himself. Right. So, mm. you know, Richard is sure. just like, I just can't bring myself to do this Piper chat because I'm not interested in it. It's like, no, you just didn't create it. You're just kind of an asshole. Right. So um, so Richard pulls back in Russ Hanneman out of nowhere. And uh, he's talking to Russ Hanneman and Richard decides that he doesn't want to do Pied Piper anymore. Instead, he wants to build... His new dream, a decentralized internet, which um, which comes from a very real, this was based on a real situation with a, uh, there was like a Maid site, um, and I looked this up and I forgot. That. So this was inspired by a real attempt for creating a decentral- we- decentralized web by a company called MaidSafe. And uh, several of the team members actually consulted on the series. So it's just kind of funny. Oh, kind of funny. Interesting. What is what would decentralized internet be? Um I mean it, it's, it's basically nobody owns the internet, right? Like nobody uh, like in a way that like AT&T and Comcast like can't own the internet. Or like Google can't yeah. own the internet. Like so the internet is not housed in one place on servers. H- the idea uh, that he speds is he's like he's like, you know, we we put a we put a man on the moon, but vi- we have the computing power of a calculator, right? But like I have something in my pocket that's a million times the power of a calculator and everybody has one. So like we could just network everyone's devices together and like the internet exists on all of our devices instead of like Uh, in one place It's
0: that it's the, the, I guess, internet version of the, the old, like the scam where you would download something and it would put a bit Bitcoin miner on your Mm -hmm. computer. Yeah. We're, we're putting the internet
2: on the blockchain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because again, remember it's 2018. It's 2018. Nothing nothing bad has happened yet. If
2: Bitcoin Bitcoin Mm -hmm. had been bigger in 2017, this would have been there. Well, we're going to get to Bitcoin. Oh, no. Oh, yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah. So now Dinesh is the new CEO of Piper Chat. And oops, looks like a third of the app's users are miners, And the terms and conditions don't include parental permission. So now the app is actually in violation of COPPA. Uh Uh-oh. What are the guys going to do about this? Oh, don't worry. Gavin Belson just bought Piper Chat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> before this was discovered it's fine
2: great good so
1: so now the guys are out of piper chat that doesn't exist it's back to hooli so they're all backed with richard talking about this decentralized internet um richard meanwhile is talking to monica who i remember monica was like you know considered to be peter gregory a mentor she was just like hey uh, just so happened to be that peter gregory was also working on a decentralized internet guess who he was working on the decentralized internet with it's Gavin Belson. Hey! Hey! Yeah. Um, also, just a reminder that this character is not Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel would never be working on a decentralized internet. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> know, remotely uh, represent socialism. So, hilarious. Um, also, uh, Big Head applies to go back to school at Stanford because he's you know kind of aimless, whatever, um, and he's rejected. Instead, he's offered a guest lecturer spot. <laughs> <laughs> due to his time as a tech innovator. Um, don't worry. He eventually gets a permanent seat as a professor Professor at Stanford. Commentary. <laughs> <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to show you guys. So a while back... I'm I made a joke about a Blood Boy. It was the uh the guy it was the it Bobby was the, Flay episode. The Bobby Flay episode. And I and I realized that afterward that like you guys maybe didn't know what I was talking about. And I just wanted to show the image. So there's an episode where Richard visits Gavin and he's getting his Gavin is getting his regular Blood Boy treatment. Incredible. And, and that's where that joke is from. <laughs> and the so weird six and years now, later or
0: whatever and now it's mainstream news about the mm-hmm. the millionaire who it, is using his own son well, as a blood boy and this right. is
1: this is based on news i mean this was happening this was oh, like yeah. a thing this that was is, happening mm-hmm. but yeah. yes exactly i did not um, know so. blood
0: boy as a reference to silicon valley i knew blood boy as a reference to insane, insane
1: billionaires insane right, right. things right.
0: things that real life billionaires were actually yeah, doing yes exactly
1: so there's there's a fun little bit with like Richard and Gavin who used to be at odds now they're like partnering together to rebuild the internet. Um, it doesn't last very long, and it, because Gavin actually decides to leave for Tibet to go on a journey of self discovery and to like live with monks or whatever. Fine, sure. Um, uh, as meanwhile, you as you do, uh, Monica and Lori break off from Raviga and they start their earn their own VC firm. Uh, because as Lori says, Monica is her best friend. Okay. <laughs> Um, so they start their own VC firm with Pied Piper as their first and pretty much only client, um, who of course changed direction again. Uh, so now Pied Piper is actor acting as a data storage app so that they can fund the, the new internet essentially. Good. Um, Richard finds his first customer in Dan Melcher, who happens to be the tech crunch judge that punched Ehrlich for sleeping for two of his <laughs> ex-wives. Um, Unfortunately, this situation is complicated. After Richard sleeps with Melcher's new fiance, of course, of course, of course, as is tradition. <laughs> um, Ehrlich leaves to join Gavin in Tibet to live with the monks. Uh, so, toward the end of season four, uh, in a scheme to get more users, the guys attend HuliCon and they disguise their app as like a free conference download over the oh. Wi-Fi. Oh, um, that's got yeah.
2: that's got you you two's uh <laughs> soundtrack yep. on your yep. on your ipod yeah. energy uh-huh.
1: well and and so unbeknownst to the guys this leads to more than 50 phones suddenly exploding and Hell bursting yeah. into flames in the conference oh, which is referencing the samsung galaxy thing. i was yeah, just right. gonna say yeah. this
0: is right when the samsung yeah. 7 was blowing up yeah literally um yeah a lot of ripped
1: from the headlines jokes mm-hmm. here for sure. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: so easy to do in yeah. a show like this.
1: Exactly. I mean, the whole yeah. thing is based on real life. So, Gavin and Ehrlich find out about the exploding phones while with the monks in Tibet. Um, so they both say like, "We got to head back to to uh, we had to head back to California." Um, they stop at an opium den to like get cell service or whatever, and um, Ehrlich starts like smoking opium and passes out. So Gavin just leaves him there with like a bunch of money. Um, They're in writing him off the show because TJ Miller got fired from the show. <laughs> what a great way to do that. <laughs> it's yeah, really good.
0: absolutely. Or because TJ Miller wanted out yeah, of the, le- show, left the show. Right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah
1: he left the yeah. show. So it's such a funny joke because they don't kill him off. They just like the joke is like Ehrlich never came back from Tibet. And they constantly are like, wherever Ehrlich is, like he's again, he's like referenced all the time. Yeah. And awesome. then the, the joke in the series finale is like Zhen Yang like basically like moved to Tibet, killed him, and took his identity. <laughs> which is great. <laughs> so uh yeah, so end of season four. Um Gilfoyle discovers that the shoddy homebrew servers cannot manage the amount of data that they've sold, and they need to upgrade to a real server solution. Pied Piper has no money, so Richard's solution is to just like take their entire infrastructure and hook it up to the Stanford's network uh, because Big Head works there now. Yep. Um, and in an impressive attempt, they actually get everything like all of these like service stacks loaded onto a truck and over to Stanford just to realize that the back of the truck wasn't shut and all of Pied Piper <laughs> now lies scattered <laughs> across the 101. What an incredible plot point! Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except. Don't worry, it lives on. Pied Piper is not dead, guys. Because earlier in the season, Gilfoyle, for as a joke, hacked a bunch of smart fridges with Pied Piper. Like, so there was another bit about Zhang Yang creating an app that literally tells you what food you're eating. And there was like a <laughs> bit where he like he put it on the smart fridge, and then like Gilfoyle hacked the smart fridge as a joke. Cause well, well cause the sure.
0: smart. Your your smart devices getting hacked was also a yeah. headline
1: at Whole this thing. time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So because Gilfoil hacked one of the smart fridges, the smart fridges disc- talked with the other smart fridges and have all collectively built an all automated network house collectively housing the shared data for Pied Piper.
0: <laughs> God damn Amazing.
1: it. Amazing. <laughs> sure. Great. Yeah. Because so, because
0: um, it's an ongoing joke of the show, like Gilfoyle does something in his spare time, and it yeah. turns out to be a, a, an amazing He's, feat of tech. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and and they yeah. all
1: do this, right? Like Dinesh creating the video chat that saved Pied Piper was so he could talk to a woman, right? Like Gilfoyle <laughs> doing, right? Like they all do these things <laughs> that like don't mean anything. Like they're 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 all idiots in over their head, but they just yeah. they constantly fill up. So the last two seasons, and this is where like, I haven't seen all of seasons five and six. This is where I stopped watching. Um, so I'm just going to go through these very quick. But this is really like Pied Piper becoming a legit enterprise and like literally building their Pied Piper enter- er, en- empire to make the world a better place through AI-supported decentralization.
3: <laughs> That's, those are that. just words. Yeah. That means absolutely
1: nothing. I wrote that. So uh, Season 5 starts with Richard acquiring a rival app called Slice Line that literally just resells Domino's Pizza for a dollar less. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Um, Part of this is, you know, there's a bit where the Richard and the guys bring on like a game developer to be part of their empire, right? Like they're building a platform. They're building a platform to rival like Google. Yeah. Um, Laurie and Monica continue to be Pied Pipers, like singular investor, primary revenue source. Um, but then Monica finds out that Lori plans on using Richard's like decentralized internet for ad revenue, which for somebody trying to build a decentralized internet is, is shitty. So uh, she leaves, and uh, Guilfoyle suggests that Pied Piper launch a, wait for it, cryptocurrency. God damn oh, it.
3: God damn yep. it.
1: Which they do, and they call it PiperCoin. Um, okay, that so could have been worse. It yeah. could have been worse. So opening this allows the guys to leave from under Lori, Lori's thumb, and then Monica uh, heads over to Pied Piper to be their CFO. Um, meanwhile, Gavin Belson, there's a bunch of bits about, like, Gavin Belson and the Hooli, like, working with the the Chinese factories. At some point, Jack Barker um, visits a Chinese factory and is, like, held up at gunpoint. Um <laughs> Gavin Belson moves a major manufacturing plant to North Carolina to speed up the development of his third attempt at a box. Um, He demands the town cut essential services to fund manufacturing, and as a result, the factory burns down. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, While this is happening, PiperNet is up to a record number of users, and between that and the PiperCoin, the crew moves into a fancy new four-floor office building, and Richard quickly becomes the tech mogul that he once despised, as the game that he bought earlier is revealed to be stealing stealing users' data. Great. Um, Perfect. Yep. Uh, with Hooli, the tables are turned as they are downsized and are mostly acquired by Amazon. And so Pied Piper acquires what is left of Hooli, while Gavin Belson leaves Hooli to become a tech ethics think tank. He calls Gosh, it yep. Tethics. He calls it Tethics.
3: Uh, Is it actually Amazon or is it legally distinct from Amazon?
1: It's just Amazon. Because one of the things this show does, like, again, this show exists in our world. Like, save for Hooli and Pied Piper, like, it's all real, real companies. Well, Slice doesn't exist, but you get that. Of course,
0: Amazon, like, all these actual tech companies want to be in this Fucking show love it yeah yeah because mm-hmm. there's no such thing as bad press when right. you can print your own monopoly money like right. absolutely like
1: bill gates literally shows up in the series finale yeah you yeah. know like perfect bill gates like famously a fan of the show right like it's you know so um the last couple of episodes of season six are really just like pied piper going full breaking bad you know they've like really just richard Mm -hmm. is just is the new gavin belson he's a tech mogul he is just doing whatever he can to grow the empire um they conspire with russ hanneman once again to uh in order to get out of some ethical investigations they help organize his music festival russ fest and it's just (laughs) the image of a gigantic holographic russ hanneman out in the middle of the desert (laughs) sure so there's a scene with like, it shows like a guy flying in a plane and you can see Russ Hanneman from like, from on the ground, like up from the plane. <laughs> it's really funny.
0: When, when did this episode air in relation to uh, Firefest? Fest?
1: This was 2019. Yeah. So post, so, post fire. Right, yeah, right around there. Yeah. 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 It's probably close to it. Um, part of this, like, again, this like Breaking Bad is... Gilfoyle creates an AI program that's good, like to maximize efe- efficiency, so that they can juice their users. And Richard incorporates that into PiperNet, which is now like this whole platform. Um, the AI program works so flawlessly that it attracts the attention of very real company AT and T, who purchase exclusive rights to launch PiperNet as their new device platform. So they're basically launching like an alternative to Android. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so the series so like this is the lead up to the series finale. So like Pied Piper has made it. you know, they're launching they're like the the b- biggest new platform, like Richard and the guys have made it. And this whole series finale um leads up to or showcases the lead up to this launch in the form of a documentary that's being shown ten years later. so this is this is both like ten years later and then current day. so the the current day storyline is they realized that the AI program is so efficient because it basically learned how to break through encryption protocols, which like if you don't know what that means, basically, yeah, basically bypasses any level of security. So like this is a platform, which means that like personal information, telephone numbers, addresses, but also like nuclear launch codes, Mm -hmm. Intel, right? (laughs) Like all the stuff's being shared over network. Anybody can see it. And, uh, Gilfoyle, like one upon realizes this, um, like hacks, um, hacks, Dinesh's Tesla and like, has it drive off because he's like, I can just do that because, uh, there's no such thing as encryption anymore. And yeah. everyone's just like, fuck. So in, in a, in a very, in one more let Blaine die kind of situation, the, the Pied Piper team has to decide, make millions of dollars or save the world from, an AI apocalypse. From themselves. <laughs> yeah. From themselves. So they decide to to destroy Pied Piper, um, but they have to do that in a way that will seem like an accident so they don't go to jail. So um, Gilfoil updates the code to emit like a sound wave, kind of like an EMP, you know, where it's like, it'll, yeah. de- it'll uh, disrupt any of the devices using it. Um, instead, what it does is it emits a sound at a frequency that cannot be heard by human ears, but happens to attract rats from all over San Francisco oh, to flood the streets. Good. Because may I remind you, the company's name is Pied Piper. Yeah. And the yeah. story of the Pied oh. Piper is a man that plays music to attract rats away from okay. a town. Okay. That's and pretty good. That's yeah. really good. It's really good. So, this is the the apocalyptic event that is the effectively the the beginning and the end of Pied Piper. Um therefore thereby destroying the company forever so the documentary then shows like the 10 years later so where we get the where are they now is um Dinesh and Guilfoyle start their own network security company their desks they share a desk it's very it's very (laughs) cute um Jared is volunteering at nursing homes because he's you know he's a sweet kid um Big Head becomes president of Stanford (laughs) (laughs) I love that that's (laughs) really really good. good there's a bit where he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I work at uh so I'm president of Stanford S- Stanford. <laughs> like, the, like the cameraman's in- correcting him. Yeah. Um, he goes, the, the, the documentary is like following them and they go back to the house and they're like, Hey, I used to live here. And it's like the people that live there are like, I don't give a shit, but there's like a, <laughs> a there's like a teen girl or there's like a college age girl who's like, she's like pitching them an app. Right. And, uh, and she goes like, Oh my God, like president, president Bigetti, Like, why are you here? And he's like, Oh, Hey, how do you know who I am? And she's like, the, <laughs> I go to Stanford. And he's like, Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so Monica absolutely definitely doesn't start working for the NSA. Um, Gavin becomes an adult erotica author, which is fun. And, Good. uh, yeah, and then Richard uh, becomes a professor at Stanford teaching tech ethics. Tethics. Uh, Tethics. ethics,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that's Silicon Valley. That's it. We did it.
0: I... Uh, amazing. Just
2: mm-hmm. yeah. very
0: good. It's fun. Um, Andrew, question. Do you know how the quality of the show held up over six seasons?
1: Yeah. Great question. I, I do think it holds up pretty well. It doesn't super drop off. Um, I think the last couple seasons, like, again, I, I didn't finish season five. Because de- you're five such definitely, a T.J. Miller fan. Because I'm such a TJ mm-hmm. Miller fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> season five definitely gets, like, a lot sillier. Like, again, it's sure. like Pied Piper becomes an empire and you're like, okay. Um, yeah. I think it just, it definitely is like a lot sillier and a little bit more cartoonish. I, I genuinely believe, like, I do think this is a really good show. I genuinely believe you can watch like the first two seasons and be like, yeah, get it.
0: Yeah, sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
1: you can get it. Um, maybe season three, if you really like Stephen Tobolowsky. At,
0: <laughs> at some point, the the viewership, I'm sure, tipped from yeah. like your standard HBO viewer to only tech nerds. So it had yeah, to, exactly. had to I mean, play to them
1: it's not for everybody, right? Like, I think you're going to get a lot more out of this. If you've worked in tech, if you've lived in the Bay area, or if you've lived in a, you know, in like an Austin or a Boston or, you know, one of those Austins. An Austin Um, or (laughs) a Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Say like that. Right. Um, I think you'll get a little bit more out of it in there. Um, again, if you like, if you like office space, you know, this is, this is also probably up your alley. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's a it's a really good show. It's a solid show. It's still pretty good rating. And I think it generally holds up. Um, okay. A lot of dudes. A lot of dude humor is the thing. A lot, right? like, yeah. Not yeah. a lot of women. Not a lot. You know, there's a little bit of people of color, but like it's most mostly dude dude humor. It's a.
0: It's a Mike Judge
1: show. It's a Mike Judge <laughs> yeah, show. I mean, right. Yeah. And like my partner loves it. You know, she, sure. She likes it just as so much as I do. So, you know, it's not like a Rick and Morty in that in that sense. But um, yeah. Um, final thoughts yeah man good breakdown this is as much
3: of silicon valley as i ever needed and this is probably (laughs) as much as i'll ever consume um
2: fair no go ahead keep going
3: yeah i don't know like it's definitely a show that i get and i am sure that i would laugh at a lot and i also don't feel like i really need to watch um yeah yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts
2: it i was gonna say just very similar um I will probably look on YouTube for like the best of for the fight Silicon scenes, Valley for the fight yeah. scenes, yeah, <laughs> for, the, fight scene. for the Avatar, uh, Korra fight scenes, um, just to see like the best bits, but yeah, uh, same, seems fun, yeah, probably won't watch it, but it seems fun, better than Amory um, Wars. <laughs> but, well, that's listen, we don't have time to get into that.
3: Todd still has to read those, so he can't give you an actual thing. Sorry, I can't point.
2: read. I my, my eyes are broken. <laughs> I'm blind. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um I this Silicon Valley's been on my my like actual short list of shows yeah. to watch forever. Um it you know, this definitely ticked it up a few spaces um yeah. and it was already Close to close to my it, one of my next viewings anyway, so I'll, I think I'll probably if, watch a couple seasons here soon. And
1: if this is for anyone of the f- three of you, it's probably Kyle. Um, yeah, this is yeah. also the most like thirty rock esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's that kind of just, just like it is real quick, snappy. You know, joke, joke, ev- joke,
0: joke. Everything I've seen, it's mm-hmm. it's a joke a minute type. Yeah, type, yeah. Uh, setup too. So I'm yeah, I'm I've been all in and just haven't started it and i'm i'm more so now so
1: if you if you if you like tech watch silicon valley if you think you would like this but don't like tech watch veep that's my recommendation Mm. good suggestion veep
0: Veep is the other like Mm -hmm. it's it's been veep or silicon valley for
1: forever they they are they are two sides of the same Mm -hmm. pseudo improv coin yeah cool um well that's it. Uh thanks everyone and thanks for listening to debate this. As always, you can follow along with our arguments on the any fucking social media at at or also at debate fuck it. Um you can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, threads, the other bullshit at debate this cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. And if you want to commission your own flavor text, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash debate this cast. A one-time payment of $60 will allow you to dictate whatever thing we talk about next. Until next time, I'm Andrew Henderson.
0: I'm Kyle, HBO go to the polls, Harper.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Matt, workaholics is just Silicon Valley for stoners, Cole.
2: And I'm Todd. We made it two weeks before our first Tim Allen reference, Thomas.
1: (laughs) We're saying thanks for debating with us. If you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.
0: Ship Adventure. The closing track is on our way off of the album Dunes at Night.